You're listening to the Collective Church podcast. For more information, visit our website, thecollectivechurch.co.za. Good morning, Collective Church family. It's wonderful to be together this morning and just to be able to unpack what the Lord is saying to us through His Word together. I want to start by saying a huge well done, family. We're about two months into this beautiful journey that the Holy Spirit has us on, where we're meeting in each other's homes. And I just want to say thank you and well done for being so open and obedient to what the Holy Spirit is doing with us as a community. You are flexible and open-hearted as you move from home to home. And Rob and I can see the beautiful fruit of the Holy Spirit in our community. There's two specific things that we're growing into at this time. And the first one is connection and then participation. There's this beautiful sense of family relational connection happening all over the community. You guys are showing up with your lives and your hearts. You are hosting one another. I know there's been homes that have been open uh, for the groups to move into from apartments to gardens. It's just beautiful. You are serving and loving each other so well. And then we're seeing this beautiful participation with the Holy Spirit in the meetings. All of us are getting the opportunity to prophesy and pray for one another, to engage in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, in in teaching and encouraging one another, in serving and in loving. And so I just want to say thank you. Thank you for bringing your hearts and your lives to this beautiful journey that we're on. It's wonderful to share this space. And I really want to encourage you to keep giving yourselves to what the Holy Spirit is doing with us in this season, specifically in connection and in participation. It's so powerful in Acts how we see the fire of God in homes. As they met in homes, the fire of God was so resident. And it's so beautiful because the Lord wants to meet us in our homes. He wants to meet us in our ordinary lives. And there's something that we're learning together at the moment, Collective Church, that we don't go to church, but we are the church. He's showing us, he's revealing that, and he's growing us in that revelation. Business as usual is not going to cut it. Only a family hosting the actual fire of the living God is going to bring what we are longing for of heaven to earth. And so on this journey, as it looks different, as we feel led by the Holy Spirit, be so encouraged that this is not the same old. This is the Holy Spirit stirring up the actual fire of the living God in our community. We're hosting God made real and we're learning how to do that together. He's on the move and it's so exciting. And so I just want to give you a little bit of a heads up for next year. Um, As a leadership, we feel January, February and March are going to look similar in pattern to the cycle that we've had since the end of September. So we're looking at doing a home church, home church, so two home church weeks and then a big worship gathering on a Thursday night, then another home church week 
and then on the fifth week of the cycle we want to host a whole church gathering again and we've been doing that in uh, the, having a picnic in Delta Park and meeting in an open space which has been really wonderful during this COVID period but we're hoping next year to begin to move into actually gathering together to worship and to share the word together and maybe feast afterwards and so we're going to stick to something of that cycle for January, February, and March. The last uh, home church meeting of the year, or, or meeting of the year, is on the 6th of December. It's actually a picnic, 6th of December. And then we're going to open again. The first home church gathering of 2021 will be on the 10th of January. And so during those weeks of um, no official church gatherings, we want you to rest to recover your strength, your energy, spend time in family, spend time with the Lord and come ready for what the Lord wants to do uh, in 2021. Okay, I want to dive right in. I'm going to read an opening scripture from Romans 8, 3 to 4. This morning I'm speaking on making space for the Holy Spirit. We've been on a journey as a community on making space for the Holy Spirit to be all that he is in us and through us and in our gatherings. And so I want to unpack that a little bit this morning. Romans 8 verse 3, God sent us his son in human form to identify with human weakness. Clothed with humanity, God's son gave his body to be the sin offering so that God could once and for all condemn the guilt and power of sin. So now every righteous requirement of the law can be fulfilled through the anointed one living his life in us and we are free to live not according to our flesh but by the dynamic power of the holy spirit we are free to live by the dynamic power of the holy spirit freedom can sometimes be so distorted as we think oh, i have the freedom to do anything i want to do and that kind of distorted mindset ends up with us being in distorted places no, friends, we are free to live by the dynamic power of the Holy Spirit, and he will lead us into all freedom. And so just from the scripture, we are co-crucified, we are co-buried, and we are co-resurrected with Jesus. And we are now free to live, not according to the flesh, not according to that old man that died and was left in the grave, but by the dynamic power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit empowers our life. Our new life is walking in fellowship and partnership with the Holy Spirit. Fellowship and partnership with the Holy Spirit. He empowers and supports us as we learn and grow. The old life and everything connected to it, all the selfish ways of thinking, uh, the independent lifestyle, it's over, it's past, and it's left in the grave. And this new version of you, your true son or daughter self, was raised from the dead by the power of the glorious Holy Spirit. And he is the one that sustains and empowers that new life as your friend, as your guide, as your teacher. He makes real for us salvation. He makes real for us the fullness of what Jesus purchased with his blood on the cross. And so that old man that was empowered by the culture of this world, a culture separated from God, 
That old man can have patterns of thinking, um, patterns of feeling and patterns of behavior that we're just used to. Actually, the power of that old man died and is still in the grave, but there's patterns that we can live with or old habits. And the Holy Spirit breaks those patterns of behavior, those old patterns of thinking through partnership and relationship with him. Holy Spirit is teaching us to make room in our lives so that we're not conformed to the pattern of thinking of this world, keeping in those old habits of thinking, but actually our mind is renewed, reformed to think the way that God thinks, to have the mind of Christ, to see what he sees and to feel and to know and to hear what he hears and what he feels and what he knows. It's almost like um, those patterns of thinking can be like the animals that walk through the savanna grasslands in Botswana that are looking for water and they walk these old paths in the dust and eventually this groove of a path is created, this well-worn habit of looking for water. But when it starts to rain in the highlands of Angola and the flood rushes down and this water begins to spread across the Okavango Delta, those paths are completely destroyed as they're covered with water and a whole new landscape is created. That's what making room for the Holy Spirit looks like. The flood, the tide of the Holy Spirit rushes in and through our being and he changes those habits of thinking those thought patterns, those patterns of behavior that we stuck in. And he allows us, empowers us, grows us into being the full expression of what we were created to be, sons and daughters of our Father. We want to yield to the work of the Holy Spirit inside ourselves so that we can become a conduit for the Holy Spirit to the world around us. We want to make sure that we're giving him room to prepare a way within us so that we can prepare a way in the world around us for the presence and the tide of the Holy Spirit. Right, let's start with a story from Mark 6. I've actually shared from the story before. Um, it is the story where Jesus multiplies food to the 5,000, but it is a beautiful story because it is so supernatural and it is so practical and ordinary. It's about how the supernatural breaks through in the practical. And so it's something I feel like I want to revisit this morning because we're learning to make room in our ordinary practical lives for the Holy Spirit. Okay, so let's start uh, with a background to the story. Jesus and his disciples have been working. They've been ministering. Uh, they've been casting out demons. They've been working with people. They've had a really busy day, so busy that they haven't actually had a moment to eat. And I know that many of you can relate to that when the day is so busy it flies by and you haven't even eaten. And so they try to slip away to find somewhere where they can rest and recover and have a meal together and just replenish their strength. But as they head out to that place for a little bit of rest and recovery, they realize the crowd has already got there. The crowd is looking for Jesus. And so this moment of rest, they're now hungry. They need, they need to connect and hear all the people. And it's just this beautiful picture because it's such an ordinary, practical moment 
of a busy day of work, full of practical things, full of people, full of busyness, and you're just looking for somewhere to rest, and then, oh, the next thing comes. Oh, my word, there's the next thing to do. They were ordinary people. I want to encourage you to put yourself in that story. The disciples did not walk on air. In this moment, they were tired. They had a busy day. They were hungry, and here they are with a bunch of hungry people in front of them. And so, they come up with a really practical, logical solution. They say to Jesus, Jesus, let's just send these people home now. They can go into the villages. The villages are quite close by. Let them go into the villages and let them buy food because they're hungry. Let's read verse 30, 34 before I jump ahead of myself. By the time Jesus came ashore, a massive crowd was waiting. At the sight of them, his heart was filled with compassion because they had seemed like wandering sheep who had no shepherd. So he taught them many things. Late that afternoon, his disciples said, it's getting really late and we're here to, uh, in this remote place with nothing to eat. You should send the crowds away so they can go into the surrounding villages and buy food for themselves. But he answers them, you give them something to eat. So there is this moment in a practical ordinary day where Jesus makes room for the Holy Spirit to move. He makes room for the miraculous. He makes room for heaven to break in to this everyday moment. And that's what I want us to learn from the story. I want to pick up two things from this, these two verses that I've just read. Number one, Jesus was moved by love and compassion for people. The Father loves people. His agenda is to love humanity. And the Holy Spirit is restoring in us, his sons and daughters, a love and a compassion for our neighbors, for our community, for the people around us, not based on necessarily an agenda to get them saved, not based on a duty, not even based on striving to, to, to prove yourself that you can do something spiritual. No, actually, we're learning to be motivated to love people because the Father loves people. And when we're in intimate relationship and friendship with the Holy Spirit the way that Jesus was, we're connected to the heart of the Father. And, and, and being in that friendship with the Holy Spirit produces fruit in our lives. And we've spoken about this before. That fruit is the true nature of the Father. Love and kindness and compassion and patience and peace. That's on display in our lives then. And we begin to manifest that in the world around us. And so I want to pick up Jesus is motivated by love. And friends, I feel like he's getting so excited for us to begin to sow the seeds of the fruit that we carry into the lives of people around us. Sowing love, sowing kindness, taking moments where you actually make space for the Holy Spirit motivated by the love of the Father. People are tired, they're burnt out, they're anxious, they're not actually coping. The world is waiting for an encounter with the gospel. And sometimes that means speaking the actual full gospel and telling them about Jesus. And sometimes it means actually just making a space for love, for kindness, for a prophetic word, for a word of encouragement, for a hug or connection. The second thing that I want to bring out in the scripture is... Jesus is so rooted and connected to the Father in fellowship with the Holy Spirit that he can identify 
This is the moment for heaven to break in. He's had 30 years growing in his relationship with the Father from being a baby, growing in fellowship with the Holy Spirit, relationship with the Father. Remember, his whole life is marked by the Father's affection. My son in whom I delight, in whom I am well pleased. Jesus has grown in this relationship as a man. And now in this moment, he is so rooted and connected in that relationship through the Holy Spirit that he can see this is a moment for the Holy Spirit to move. Friends, there's no shortcut to relationship with Jesus, with the Holy Spirit and the Father. And I just want to allow the Holy Spirit in this moment to stir up in your heart a longing to spend more time with the Lord. You know, that first love longing where you, you just want to be in a worship moment because you just want his presence, where you just want to be praying. You just want to be speaking to him. You just want to go on a walk to hear his voice and to speak your heart to him. May the Lord begin to stir up that first love, that, that hunger for relationship with the Lord in us. Jesus had the ability to see the multitudes, to see the people, to see the need, to see the practical in the ordinary and yet maintain his inner world of friendship with the Holy Spirit and connection to the Father. Friends, that's what we're going after. That's what we're growing in. Partnership in the Holy Spirit on a daily basis in our ordinary lives where we see the practical, where we feel hungry, where we feel tired, where we're dealing with, oh my word, these people need to be fed and this work needs to be done and now I'm here and now there's more to do. Ordinary life. And yet our relationship with the Father and the Holy Spirit is so real that we can see, hey, this is a moment for heaven to break out. You know, Jesus tells us that, that we don't live on bread alone, that we live on every word that comes from the Father's mouth. And there's a constant stream of words from the Father's mouth. We are so aware of our natural hunger. You know, when you get hungry, you just give me some food so I can carry on with the day. What's really beautiful in this moment is the Holy Spirit is stirring up an awareness of our spiritual hunger. We cannot live on that alone. We want to live on the revealed word and heart of the Father through the Spirit every day. The same way that we crave and need physical food. So we need to crave the words, the presence of the Lord with us in our ordinary moments. I want to start... Um, practicing. I want to encourage you to start practicing hearing and obeying the Holy Spirit without a thought process. In other words, don't think yourself out of what he's prompting you to do. It's so easy to begin to rationalize like, well, there's hungry people. I don't think it's a good idea. I think they should do this. But you're prompted by the Spirit to approach it in a different way. Can we learn to respond to hearing in obedience without thinking ourselves out of the situation? Um, I've started to do that and I've started to notice that I'm growing in that in my own life where I'll make space for someone or I'll, or I'll do something and Rob will say to me, that's unusual. Why did you do that this week? Or why did you make space for that? And I'll be, be like, babe, I feel a grace on that thing. I just, I just have a grace for that thing. And I feel like that's a prompt in the Holy Spirit. He wants me to do it. And I have found incredible fruit in responding to that leading of like, oh, I'm going to do that. I actually wouldn't usually, but I'm going to do that. And that's what I'd like to see us do more and more and more. Living connected with the Holy Spirit. And when that connection drifts, because we get funky, right? We get distorted by emotions that come at us and circumstances and challenges, and they come at us and we get distorted and funky. 
but the Holy Spirit is not. He is completely aligned with heaven. And we need to learn to freeze in those places and not let it drag on for hours and days and weeks. We need to freeze and say, Holy Spirit, I need to realign with you because you are perfect truth and you are perfect alignment. And just sometimes takes a moment to align our hearts and our minds with him and not let anything trump his presence. Friends, there is a rising tide of the Holy Spirit in our lives individually and, and with us as a community, no doubt. And, you know, I think it's because we are intentionally making room for him. Um, as we embarked on this journey of, of meeting in homes and then sometimes gathering together, we got to the place where we were like, we're not going to do business as usual. Like I said earlier, business as usual is not going to change the world. Business as usual is not going to bring heaven to earth. We want to lay down our independence and the way that we've done stuff up to now. And we want to hunger for the presence of God in everything we do. We want all of that he is. We want all that he has created us to be and all of heaven to break through. And so we're going to make room in our meetings. We're going to make room in our lives. We're going to just follow as he leads and make room for what he's doing. We don't want to stay half asleep. We don't want to stay complacent, apathetic. We want to wake up to what the Spirit is doing. We want him to fan into flame a passion. We want him to fan into flame that fire in our individual lives and that's where we, we're going. That's the adventure that we're on with the Holy Spirit. So back to Mark 6. I've taken quite a detour. The disciples want to create a practical solution, right? Uh, I'm going to read from verse 37. But he answered them, you give them something to eat. Are you sure? They replied, you really want us to go and buy them supper? It would cost a small fortune to feed all these thousands of hungry people. Again, Oh, practical example. We can't do that. That's going to cost way too much. We don't have that money. And Jesus says, how many loaves of bread do you have? Go and see. And after they looked, they found five plus a couple of fish. He instructed them to organize the crowds. And Jesus took the five loaves and two fish, gave, gazed into heaven, gave thanks to God. He broke the bread and the two fish and distributed them to his disciples to serve the people. And the food was multiplied in front of their very eyes. Jesus is like, this is the moment for a miracle. This is the moment. Let's make room for the Holy Spirit to bring the power of God to display the generous heart of the Father for his people in this moment. And so that's how the story unfolds. Friends, it's so easy to roll with the patterns that we have, though, have known for so many years, those well-worn paths of thinking of routine, of behavior, where we approach things practically and logically, da, 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 every day. But I'm challenging us this morning. I'm feeling the Holy Spirit. Maybe even now you feel him stirring you. Make room for what he's doing. He's washing over those well-worn parts. He wants us to think differently. He wants us to see things differently. He wants us to allow him to reshape the pattern, the landscape of our lives. Let's begin to ask God, what are you doing here in this ordinary moment at work, at this ordinary moment at home, in this ordinary moment at school? What are you doing, God? What miracle? What healing? What prophetic word? What love? What encounter do you have? Because I want to make room for you in my life. Let the nature of God be on display for people, for the world around us. 
I want us to expect a dynamic partnership with the Holy Spirit in every area of our lives, friends, as we learn to make room for him. And so following on from um, making space in your personal lives and contexts and in the community together, I want to end by having a prophetic overview of what the Holy Spirit is doing with us in the community. We are one part of a global body and uh, he is doing this with many others. We're just one, but we're an important part of what he is doing at this time. So we've been praying for revival. I know you guys have been praying with us and pursuing that in this journey together. And uh, with, revival really is where the life of the Holy Spirit just begins to flow in every area, bringing salvation, transformation, healing, just bringing to life that which is dormant and dead. And my mom, Vida, and Sean last week just did an outstanding job of uh, unpacking thoughts on the life flow of revival and walking with Jesus. And I would encourage you to revisit those. I've, I've listened to them more than once. But I want to say this revival that is happening, that is unfolding right now, is accompanied by reformation. Reformation is learning to think differently. It's a transformation of thinking. And let me tell you why I say that. Uh, reformation is where the Holy Spirit breaks down some ways of thinking and then builds up new ways of thinking. And revival historically has been where we have expected the Holy Spirit to increase in his life and activity and all of who he is within the walls of the church building. So we, we tend to have dynamic, powerful, amazing church meetings. Are we going to have that now? Do we have that now? Yes, we do. But I believe this revival is not meant to stay in the four walls of the building. This is where the reformation of thinking has happened. This revival is actually meant to impact far wider. It's meant to impact the furthest places, the darkest places on the planet. All those places that you have influence, home, family, schools, work, social justice areas, places of influence and thinking, this revival is going to spill out. And I believe we're going to see the work of the Holy Spirit in the miraculous, in healing, in prophecy, in life, in a greater context in the months and years to come in those spaces than we do even in the church buildings. So that's super exciting. Um, revival is flowing through us into the areas of our lives outside the church, where we usually only expect the world to have influence. Actually, that's where the Holy Spirit is flowing, and we're going to see the life of the Holy Spirit in those places. I want you guys to up your expectation for where we're going to see the life flow of the Holy Spirit. We're going to see it in the places where you, your life flows into. I want you to up, even in this moment, let the Holy Spirit up your expectation, up your vision. What does it look like to have the life flow of the Holy Spirit in, in my relationships, my family relationships, or at work, in the school community we're in, or in the new business I want to form, or whatever it is. Chris Vallotton in 2010 had a word that there's a move coming where the church is no longer a pool of Bethesda, but is a Ezekiel 37 river. And I'm going to unpack that slightly. I believe that's what we're moving into now. So historically, the church has been something like the pool of Bethesda. There was a pool area where there was water inside and the angel of the Lord would come into that pool, stir up the waters and people would get in to have an encounter with God and to be healed, experience the miraculous. 
Chris is saying, hey, that's what the church was like, but the Lord is moving us to be like an Ezekiel 37 river. What is that? The Ezekiel 37 river is the river of the living God, the river of the Holy Spirit that comes from the Father himself, from his throne room, and it flows through the church, through us as individuals and through us as a community. It flows through our lives. And if you read Ezekiel 37, as it moves, it brings healing to the nations, healing to people. It brings salvations. It makes the dead things come alive. It brings freshness. It rejuvenates as it flows. It brings the life flow of the Holy Spirit to all the world around it. That's where we're moving, Collective Church community, from being at our expectation for a pool party at church. Wow, we're going to have a river party. We're going to party together in the river in our meetings. But we're going to expect that the river of the Holy Spirit flows further and wider than what we could ever imagine as we see healings, the miraculous, freshness of God, creativity, new ideas, um, the reality and the, and the truth of heaven being manifest in those places. So Sunday morning services and our, wor our worship times together, our worship nights, they embrace the work of the Holy Spirit, wild worship, encounter with God, the gifts of the Holy Spirit and tongues and prophecy and praying for one another, healing and um, all of those different things, teaching. They're so important, those Sunday gatherings, those gatherings together. And yet they're a training ground. We're actually learning together. We're being trained by the Holy Spirit that this becomes so life-giving, so natural, so part of us that just like Jesus, our friendship with the Holy Spirit becomes so real in our ordinary everyday lives that this training ground of meeting and gathering together at church will actually begin to infiltrate and will begin to expect and see that life of the Holy Spirit in all the areas that we're involved in. A couple of weeks ago, Leanne had a word in prayer meeting go. She said, I feel the word go. And I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, it doesn't necessarily mean go to another nation to tell them about Jesus or go to another place. Actually, it means go into your life. Go into those areas where you are established, where you have influence, where you have relationship. Go. You are the sent one and take that river and that life of the Holy Spirit with you into those places. Um, let me just read what Chris says in uh, his book, Heavy Rain. This movement is where God's presence grows more powerful as the people of God take his presence into the world, the marketplace, the home, schools, and so forth with them. The further the saints, that's me and you, sons and daughters, get from the sanctuary, the deeper the grace of God penetrates the darkness. In other words, the greatest miracles, the most powerful expressions of the kingdom are destined to happen in the worst places on the planet and not inside the walls of the church building. Up your expectation. Let's make room for what the Holy Spirit wants to do in our lives, in the different areas of our lives. And so I'm going to leave you with this image. Your life is created to thrive in the darkest places, in the most difficult places, in sometimes the toxic places that are around us, you were created to thrive in the life-giving life of the Holy Spirit, to be a shelter and a resource of heaven to the world around you. Community is so beautiful because together as leaders, together as a community, we create something of a greenhouse 
where we get together and it's safe. And the, the atmosphere is really an atmosphere of heaven and we allow the Holy Spirit to come in. And what that does, that, that greenhouse of church community, it creates an atmosphere where the seeds of the kingdom can grow uh, strong and robust in our lives. I remember Rob planted little seeds in seed trays a couple of weeks ago, um, kind of four or five seed trays, and he popped all the different seeds in. It was such a beautiful picture. We put them outside and wanted to watch them. We wanted to water them and watch them grow into seedlings. And the next morning we went and there were these like deep holes in the seed, like little seed pots that he had out there. And we realized, oh my word, those are the hardy dars beaks. They're coming like little straws to pick out the seeds. And so we took those seeds and we put them inside the family lounge and they stayed there for a couple of weeks until the seedling had come out and it was strong enough to be put outside again and, and left by the birds. And that's something of what church community is. It's a safe environment for the supernatural presence of God to transform our lives and to bring to life the seeds of the kingdom. And this is in tension with this fact. That at the same time that you are part of this community, this kind of greenhouse for the things of the kingdom, at the same time you are planted in the world, you are planted in your work context, in your family, in, in different areas in your school, and sometimes those areas are really challenging, they're very dark, they're difficult, they're sometimes toxic. But you are created to be planted there, your roots deep in the Lord, and to be a shelter and a resource of heaven in those darkest places. That's where the river's going to flow. That's where the life of the Holy Spirit's going to flow. And so I'm going to leave you with this short video clip. It's just five minutes. But it's of Chernobyl. So Chernobyl is this um, crazy man-made disaster, one of the worst disasters in history where the nuclear power plant exploded. And it created this radiation devastation. And there's an area of land around Chernobyl, around what was a thriving city and is now abandoned and empty, that can't be touched for, I think, 20,000 years by humans. But what is happening is that the forest is overtaking the space. These huge trees are growing in amongst the buildings. And they're bringing back the wildlife. They're restoring the ecosystem to this toxic landscape. It's becoming beautiful. I want you to think of your landscape, your Johannesburg, where you live, your neighborhood, your school, your work, the business project you're involved in, the, the social justice issues that need attention. And I want you to see your life as that huge tree in the forest, like a huge redwood tree that is a resource a shelter, a place of food and nurturing to the world around you and that can thrive, thrive because of the life of the Holy Spirit, even in the most toxic environment. I want to encourage you, friends, let's watch this video together. Let's make room for what the Holy Spirit is doing. I bless you. I bless you as he stirs up hunger, as he stirs up passion in you, as he stirs up all that he is doing in your life, in our lives as a community. We just bless you. We're so excited for this adventure together. Thank you for listening. For more information, visit our website, thecollectivechurch.co.za.